Hello and welcome once again to the official Scottish Rugby Podcast. This week, we're going to be speaking to Scottish International Centre, Siano Tuopolotu, joined from Dubai by Rachel, of course, and Chloe Rowley. And it's also Jamie's last show. So, Rach, it's good just you and I shortly. Jamie's, Jamie's I know. off-ski. He's shaking, his head, he's shaking his head and cavalry. Got a bit he's too, a... he's too big time for the, the podcast, doing an alcoholic. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I, no, I'm, I'm genuinely going to be sad. It's been so much fun. I know, Moss, we were, you know, the OGs along with Big Al back. I can't remember. I think it was 29. It was 2019, I think. January 2019 to was it? It was three years. Over three years we've done it. We had Big Is Al it? as well. Lindsay Smith previously. So mm. yeah. a lot of change, but it's time for someone else to come in and have a go and do a, do a decent job. So, um, yeah, it's been, who, it's been great Who's been your, your favourite co-host? I'd say uh, one of the highlights. Good smile, Rach. Good smile. <laughs> I'd say one of the highlights was definitely Al leaving. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's like it's been great fun. I think you know. I was thinking earlier on about all the guests we've managed to have on, like yeah. the varied. Like think back to those dark days in the pandemic when we were like Jason Leach was on. You know, we're chatting to the <laughs> national clinical director. You know, then we had Tom <laughs> Kitchen, of Tom Evans, of a, a whole host of just different people, which has been so interesting, so much. And, you know, there's been so much good to talk about in Scotland as well. It's been great. But the one that sticks out podcast-wise has to be the, the Lions reaction one we did. Because that was that absolute was chaos behind the scenes. But we somehow <laughs> got through it and we got, I think, five out of the six Lions on in one episode. But I think we're all proud of that one. So, yeah. Just a, it's just a raw reaction, wasn't it? It's just a natural raw reaction. Because yeah. you, you were almost sharing that first moment with yeah. it. The folk have been selected, is pretty much. But you're not going too far, are you? You're staying within rugby, Jamie? No, no, I'm staying within rugby. Just moving across to um, similar, similar role what I'm doing now, but uh, moving over to to do that with the Six Nations. So still involved with the game, still involved with Scotland somehow. So um, does yeah. that allow you time to get the boots out again and join that back row? The, oh, they have been found. Head, Rach, you might be playing. They have been found the boots. So um, <laughs> I was actually I went to I went to watch a curry game the other day, and I was getting chanting, you know. Gav Scott, who is our rugby, director of rugby development, uh, he was down there and he was telling me that when the French come over, there's usually a wee French invitational game that happens at Curry, and apparently I've been roped into that. So, in. And I don't think it's touch. <laughs> that's, that's right in at the deep end then. Yeah, so but one of those ones where I couldn't really turn, he's like, I, he was with someone else. Like, oh yeah, you'll play, you'll, won't you? you'll play. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play. So <laughs> that might be happening very soon. But yeah, nah, I'll hopefully get out, I think in the summer. Um, so I'll maybe get back out and be a fair weather tartan touch top try scorer. We'll see what happens. Nice. nice. And a URC last week, Edinburgh and Glasgow both involved last weekend. Um, disappointing result for, for Edinburgh over at Munster. Glasgow pick up another another win at home against Benetton. So and Glasgow up to third in the league, climbing the league, doing well in the international window. And, you know, and Edinburgh just a little bit frustrated with a couple of hard, tough away games and the bounce lengths of Munster. But I think they're in training this weekend. The next game for Edinburgh's home to Connacht next Friday. Did you see any of the games at the weekend? But Rachel, you, you didn't see them over in Dubai, did no, you? No, unfortunately not. Seen highlights and bits and bobs from them, but no, mm-hmm. didn't see the full games. Yeah, it's just frustrating for, for Edinburgh, really big. I hope to get back to, to winning ways. Um, obviously, no URC this week, so back in Six Nations. Big game this weekend for Scotland at home to France. Now, history tells us, though, that Scotland have done pretty well, but this France side now are really kicking on all cylinders, aren't they, guys? And they're going to they're going to pose a big challenge. But if Scotland, you know, on their day, have proved that they can take down the big guns, so it's a pretty special game. But um, yeah, it's going to be pretty tight, I reckon. It's it's a key game. Well, it's a crunch game, isn't it? 
like we need we need to get a result here and it's so tight across across all the teams at the minute there's so much potential in our squad and I, I think I mean Mossy will know better than I will that they'll not be happy with you know how they've maybe performed obviously they had that a brilliant result against England but I yeah. think there's still more in terms of a performance. And I think, oh, like at home in front of a full B team, Murrayfield against France is the perfect time to to do it. So I've got everything crossed that it's going to be a good day. It's a massive challenge, isn't it? Like, you know, it's actually quite clear that you know you're going to have to play exceptionally well yeah. to come out on the right side because of the standard opposition. I actually think, I totally agree with you, Rach, that the, the national team will be disappointed in terms of how they've performed in the opening two games because it's not a true, true reflection, which is very difficult to do in international rugby, Six Nations rugby anyway. I mean, you're never going to get the perfect game. It's all because of the standard opposition and the, the, the pressure and the intensity. But I actually think France might think the same. I thought it started yeah. a little bit against Italy and I thought, I mean, the, the intensity and the physicality was off the charts in that Ireland, France-Ireland game it was. But I still think they're in a similar boat, not quite firing as best as they can. But they're, uh, oh, they're one of the world's top teams at the moment. We know that. We've said that for years. They've got talent all over the place. One or two injuries as well, as do as do Scotland. Obviously, a few changes in the squad. So yeah. that's to be expected in Six Nations rugby. You never, ever finish a championship with the same players or the same squad as you start. It's just that the nature of it is just yeah. so so intense. But you've, you've got to play exceptionally well in order to beat them. And we did that last year in the final game over in Paris. That two years ago, BT Moneyfield, so the last two have been wins, but the level of performance will have to rise above both those performances to get a win Saturday. Yeah. As you say, with the crowd behind and that bit between your teeth after a disappointing result in Wales, it's it, it's set up for, for that performance to come out, hopefully. And sticking with Scotland and France, it's also the under-20s the night before, uh, the, on the Friday, uh, at the Dam Hill Stadium in Edinburgh. I've really, really enjoyed watching under twenties. I think it's, yeah. it's it's great. It's been so open at times. There's been some, you know, I know Scotland haven't got the results they wanted, but there's clearly some some really strong players coming through. But most Rachel, that we both know, I remember watching France a few years ago abroad with the players they had in their twenties, are now the players that are in the the national squad. So they'll come with a, a pretty experienced pack as well. But Moss, under 20 is a good opportunity to try and get a result over no doubt what will be a tough France team. Oh, tough France. It's always, always really hard. You say, even you've nailed it there, that the current French team are the ones that we kind of watched two or three years ago and that, that just continues. Speaking to the coaches, Kenny and Marion and Bob Christie this week and they were saying, they were kind of doing analysis they were looking at a player or a couple of players that were playing against the national, well, we expect to play against the Scotland on Twitter Friday night, <laughs> playing for the two, uh, playing the Toulouse versus Poe game at the weekend. The level of player they have is just, you know, we don't have any players who, who are exposed to that level really at the moment. We can week out, so it's another big challenge. They've started the two games against England and Wales really quite well, but been disappointed in the final quarter. So I suppose a challenge for the, for the Scottish lads against an even better opposition again, similar to, to the national team, is, is maintain that level of accuracy, physicality and bravery and performance in the opening two-thirds of the match and just match it with, it, with that final third. But it's... Uh, it's, it's a game where I think Scotland have to just look at the performance because the result will, will be a, a byproduct of that because you're playing against some quality, quality players who stand in the top 14. There's no reason why our players can't match that, but it's, uh, it's going to take a, a monumental effort. 
Well, delighted now to be joined by not one but two Scotland stars, and our very own Rach Malcolm is joined by Chloe Rowley. Now, you guys are out in the UAE in Dubai currently, so first question, how hot is it and how are how you, how you dealing with the heat, Rach? It's like, it's, about, it's kind of mid to high 20s, isn't it, Chloe? Like, it's it's hot, but we've got a fair bit of wind where we're training, so right. most, most of us are looking pretty rouge today because I don't think we quite realise that there was a significant bit of sun today uh, behind the wind so uh, so it is hot but we've done quite a lot of prep to try and be able to deal with the heat a little bit better this time around so we're doing okay so far. And Chloe how are you with the heat in general is it something that do you enjoy playing in hotter climate something you've got obviously you play a bit in France it'll be a bit warmer over there but how's it for you playing in you know this this Friday gonna be pretty hot but is that something you're okay with? Um, yeah I love playing in the heat I think it's perfect for me like if there's heat, it means it's dry and it means I can run a bit. So that's perfect for me. I was the same. I much preferred heat. I know we've had this discussion before, yeah. but I much preferred heat. I oh, just feel better. Your hands weren't numb. Your feet weren't numb. Try to kick and catch a ball. I know, Rachel, you're the opposite. You're like, yeah. And the melee of the scrums and the forward <laughs> yeah. play. But when you're when you're stuck out the back, blue and I, it's uh, it can be it's it can very be cold. The cold. It's, uh, yeah, but look, you've already given in to like the mental battle there. Like, oh, whether just not, add a little extra to that bit of it, I love it. It's not <laughs> mental. It's not mental battle when my hands are numb and curling <laughs> up in themselves and I couldn't catch or feel anything. Like, ah, yeah. It's good. It, I mean, luckily, won't have that. Uh, that no, probably well, I mean, let's that. hope not. <laughs> exactly, but something wrong with it. But massive opportunity. It's probably the longest build-up for uh, a game culminating in this game years really in terms of the build-up the changes the cancellations but you know over the last couple of years you've kind of reached and dealt with every hurdle really well as a squad as individuals there's been so many thrown at you how desperate are the squad just to eventually get over that whitewash hear the, the first whistle and and just really deliver what you've been building up towards. Oh God, I could not even can put it into words how how much we're chomping at the bit to go. Like especially this last kind of six week block, I'd say leading into to this trip, like going in and out of training camps, we just wanted to get out here and mm. and get the opportunity to to play. And like you say, we've had so many hurdles. There's been so many times where this game's been, is it going to happen? Is it not? And the games before that, and any kind of qualification, and obviously the World Cup getting postponed. There's just been hurdle after hurdle, and we've dealt with it really well. And and every single one of those has brought us closer as a squad. So you know, it's almost that kind of. Although it's been so tough, and gosh, it, it like it literally makes me emotional just thinking about all that we've gone through as a squad. But like mm-hmm. every single one of them has brought us closer together. As cliche as that sounds, but it, it, it's so true. So I, I do genuinely believe like we couldn't be in a stronger position in terms of our togetherness as a squad, and also just having that extra bit of time together to to kind of cement the way we want to play and, and get exposure to test match rugby and stuff like that has been brilliant for the squad. So there's been a lot of, of the low points along the, the journey, but um, we're excited to to reach the final step and, and hopefully go out and perform well. Is it is it a threat, Chloe, that you can get too excited about this game or too desperate for this game? I mean, uh, I know Rachel and the leadership will be thinking about this, but in terms of squad, is it going to be a case of not keeping your feet in the ground, but actually controlling emotion and delivering a clear performance rather than just this burst of emotion because it's taken a lot of work, a lot of heartache and a lot of change to get to this point. Are you um, concentrating on, on, on almost playing a bit down as well? Yeah, I think so. Like definitely like when any games that you play, there's always a chance that you can like, you know, get 
overexcited and just want to play fast rugby or whatever like you know when I think we're very focused on like you know being switched on in training when we need to be and then also taking a downtime just to like balance that out and just mm. you know really get the balance between work and chill kind of thing definitely like we are very excited but we also know that you know the job will be done just by the way we keep controlled keep a level head and just go through what we need to do as a team and you know we on the outside of that you will get our you know, end result we're hoping did you uh, did you see the Colombia Kazakhstan game? Did you did you go along to it or was this on TV? You see? No, so we all we just watched it like um, at the hotel. Um, mm-hmm. We got to catch a live stream there, so it was good to see that. Like and you know see what both teams were like. Kazakhstan we hadn't seen much um, mm-hmm. apart from some analysis, but to see them the stage they're at now was like helpful. And then to see how Colombia would react to that and how they played, I think it was really refreshing for us as a squad to be able to focus on what we would do to. You know, counteract that. Was it as expected, Rachel? Knowing that we're going to play Colombia now is is quite nice to finally have like a a, a team because it's mm-hmm. always it's been a bit up in the air for a long time as to who we're going to play. And we've seen a wee bit of them play recently. And for me, like they're a really physical team, and they showed that again against Kazakhstan. Like they were they were so so physical. But they played 65 minutes of the game with 14 players. So they're a team that have a huge amount of heart. It was pretty tight before they had a player sent off and they kind of seem to just grow into the game with that challenge. So I think that says a lot about like their kind of character as, as a squad. And I think that's that's quite dangerous, something that, that we definitely need to be aware of in terms of how we approach the game. But yeah, no, they, they brought a huge amount of physicality. Um, they're, they're pretty tough in the first quarter in terms of their attack and, and their ability to put points on teams. So it's like Chloe said before, like the focus from minute one in training has been kind of a big kind of buzzword for us this last couple of weeks because that's what we're, we really need to have um for, for that first quarter of the game to really kind of be switched on to to keep them out for that first quarter because their backs as well and, and Chloe can talk probably more about this than I can but their backs are probably their, their big attacking threat they've got some really good really? yeah they've got some decent wingers and they'll look they will look to spread the ball wide we saw that against Kazakhstan and they definitely left quite a lot of points on on that pitch so I think I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll come back with learnings from that as well I mean now positive they they'll have is they've played they've played in the conditions yeah. obviously played last week that that qualifier was last week so again keeping calm and and in that first quarter especially where they'll you know have that experience in the bit that'd be really important you know to to manage that expectation but to to meet it with the appropriate fire but also realize that you you'll need to find your feet as well for me like i think we just need to like almost absorb that and just take it in and just like expect that they're going to chuck everything at us you know like they're probably like the underdogs um just like we were in Italy they'll probably just throw everything they have at us but if we just like take that on and you know really like absorb it and just like um problem solve and get around it and stick to what we do like we should deal with it pretty well and then you know hopefully the results will start coming after that first quarter and there was a red card you said early on Rich it was quite early on it was a I don't know. You you obviously saw it, but it was it was mm. a contentious one as well, wasn't it? It was like a charge down kick. And yeah, I thought it was quite hard. Followed through a wee, but it was quite a harsh one. So even to deal with it being down to fourteen and actually deal with a, a shoulder collision, really with a head and mm-hmm. an actor charging down, wasn't it? I mean, I know it's yeah. it's contentious. It was. Yeah, know, like by the letter difficult. of the law, it, it is a red card, but it was one of those that um, you know you feel for the player a little bit in the in the mm-hmm. situation because there wasn't a huge amount of force in it but you know that like you say it was a shoulder and head collision and it's it's the way um the game's ref now and it's, it's protecting the players so mm-hmm. i do agree with it from that point of view 
and the player that that was red carded is one of their kind of big ball carriers we saw that against Spain they played Spain a couple of weeks back and she she was pretty dominant in their number eight off off the back of the scrum she scored a really good try against Spain she will be a big loss for them uh, mm-hmm. which is something we need to capitalize on but yeah it is something they'll have to deal with as a squad and kind of rejig I guess the way they're going to play. Chloe you you think back to you know when you first started playing uh, for Scotland there's been as mentioned earlier loads of ups loads and downs this is obviously now getting to the the World Cup the the, the pinnacle but in the overall sense what do you think it would mean to, to a young Chloe Rowley if you know if if, if you qualified for the World World Cup and you know a young rugby player like yourself is watching, what do you think that'll, that'll do to the to the next generation of fans to to see Scotland get to this kind of this competition at the high stage? It'll massively inspire people. You know, I think we've always kind of been like like the underdogs, like you know, with the Six Nations or other games we've played. But I feel like if we finally got to do you know go to World Cup and compete there, um, I think people would really like be inspired like I said like I think it's it's massive for young girls to see this and see that oh it's actually possible to go and do that and just the belief as well I think people have more belief in us and um, as much belief as we have in ourselves as a squad will probably shine onto the outside and onto the public and I think yeah the support will be it will be massive. No, I, th- I think you're, you're spot on. I think it will be. And that's an exciting part of the pitch for everybody watching at home. Mossy, you've been to, you know, you played in Six Nations, Autumns, uh, World Cups. When you're preparing for a World Cup, it's group stages, then it's knockout rugby. What would be your kind of overall advice to, to, to these guys who are thinking about the World Cup, you know, to, to approach it? Um, I know we're not there yet, but just, uh, um, <laughs> you know, how, how, do you pre- how different is it, Mossy, to prepare for it when it's a, a different structure, a different style of the competition? Good question, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 probably specific to the group of players you have at that time. Uh, I think if you've got a lot of experience in your group, you'd need to do less management and less kind of preparation for it. You you, you deal with what 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 comes in front of you, and you, you kind of know that you'd be foolish to emphasise one game more than the other. I think if you've got an inexperienced group and it is new to a lot of players, which if you know if a women's team qualified for a cup, don't think would there be anybody who's played the World Cup before? Uh, no, nobody in no. this team. No, there's no, there's been um, so within this squad we've got a couple of qualifiers, isn't there? A lot of qualifiers, yeah. So mm. Jade Conco, uh, Sarah Law, and Meg Gaffney were a part of the team who attempts qualified the previous mm. time to us. It's been almost nine years of of heartbreak for those mm. three. So so I think if you've got a squad like that, I, I think you just you almost have to embrace the journey that it is and just. You know, focus in the first game absolutely, without looking too far ahead, and just really you know work out. I think if if you quit, did qualify, was it Wales, Australia, New Zealand would be the pool opponents? Is that right? Yeah. You maybe not looked that far ahead, but um, you know <laughs> that in itself, eight. that in itself is a challenge. You know, yeah. each individual one. So, so for a group that don't get you know, worried about New Zealand or Australia or whoever's second or third, worry about what's in front of you and enjoy the fact that you're going to create memories, you're going to create uh, an inspiring network for you know, young girls, or well, not just young girls, everybody who, who wants to play the game and be inspired by the game. So, so I think it'd be foolish if you've never been involved before not to treat it as a World Cup, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think do everything to embrace it rather than shut it off and, and, and treat it like a, any other game because it's not, it's a, it's a pinnacle. So it, it is very difficult because, see, I, I was lucky I played in four World Cups. My first one, was hosted, it was Wales, but we played the games at, uh, at BT Murrayfield. 
and I only played one game, totally different to my second one, which was in Australia. And it was felt completely different. It felt like a tour. It felt unique, hosted incredibly well. And then France was different again in 07 because some of the games were played in Edinburgh, some of the games were played in France, and then out to New Zealand in 2011. So they're all different, but I think it has to be specific to the squad that you have at that time and to make the most of it and, and represent yourselves best as possible. As I said, we're, we're not there yet. It's a big game this Friday and we're all behind you, Rach and Chloe. But Rach, remind us, to all our listeners, how can we watch this game? When is it? And uh, how can we all get behind you on Friday? Uh, so the game is at 7 o'clock. Dubai time which is 3pm UK time um, and the game is being streamed by BBC Alba and also on the World Rugby website and YouTube channels etc. Please tune in and get behind us as best you can. Brilliant. Nice. What does the rest of the week look like Chloe? Um, day off tomorrow, relax, switch off for a bit, get our heads clear and then Thursday is captain's run and then just into the game, yeah, a game on Friday. I think we're all Ready to go, though. I think we wish it was tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do anyway. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> What's, uh, what, what happens on a day off in Dubai? It's difficult at the minute. The stadium where we're playing is an incredible facility in terms of um, it's got a huge number of pitches. There's a wee gym they've set up for us and a swimming pool as well. So I think we'll realistically go to the stadium in the morning and do a bit of recovery mm-hmm. in the pool. Well, some people do recovery, some people splash <laughs> Some people will do gym, old lot will probably not. <laughs> Brian's pretty good in terms of trying to limit rugby meetings and stuff like that on days off as well. He likes us to have, and, and it's kind of been something he's brought in in I think probably the last year or so, Chloe, would you say, where we've had yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. at least one complete off rugby yeah. day on, on, a, on a test match week, which is, it's been a big difference for us because always we've always had really condensed camps and lead up to games. But we've managed to have slightly longer camps in this last season or so. And because of that, it gives us one day midweek where we can switch off, spend time as a team, not think about rugby, not talk about rugby. I mean, some of us do because we can't help it, but <laughs> as best as possible, switch off. So that's that's good. And I think it's really it's an important part of preparation is to, you know, not get your emotions too high, like you talked about earlier. Yeah. Not kind of overcook yourselves and, and get too anxious. So it's it's a good day just to switch off and try and chill out and then Thursday's always a little bit of an anxious day and I think it's important to switch off before that because after that it's just exhausting. <laughs> all right. Now, well, we're all look, so looking forward to getting behind you and watching the game on Friday at 3pm either on World Rugby's website, YouTube or on BBC Albuck. So, Chloe, we'll let you go now and we'll let you get back um, to your lovely hotel room in Dubai and take it easy <laughs> and uh, enjoy your day off tomorrow and we wish you nothing but the best for Friday. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Chloe. Luck, Chloe. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Absolutely delighted to be joined by uh, Sione Tuopolotu now. Um, Sione, we, uh, we've seen you play in Glasgow for Scotland. We're going to come to the test career and, and the excitement of this, the current Six Nations, looking ahead to the game on Saturday as well. But before that, I'll take you back, really, to your arrival in Glasgow last summer. How did that come about? How excited were you to, to join Glasgow? And, and how's it been, really? How was the, the first impression? Oh, thanks very much for having me. Yeah, it's been a crazy last six months or so. So, yeah, I came over in the summer um, to Glasgow and kind of joined up with the boys on the summer tour, which was good. I got to meet a few of the Glasgow boys, you know, obviously before I came to the club type of thing. So that helped That helped a bit as well. To be honest, I was bloody nervous before I came over just because <laughs> <laughs> it's um, 
oh, it's a long trip and you're going a long way away from from home, especially before I was uh, over here, I was actually in Japan. So, yeah. you know, it's a bit of a shorter flight to get to and from home type thing. And did you come uh, on your own or did you come with family or? I came on my own? own. Yeah, I came on my own. So before I actually got to, to Glasgow, I hadn't been home, obviously with COVID yeah. and stuff. So I was there for the whole of the Japanese season. And then I flew straight from Japan to, to Glasgow and joined the boys on the summer tour. So I haven't been home for a while, but I'm happy to be settled in now in Glasgow. Yeah. What was the, what, what was the most nerve-wracking thing. I know it's it's horrible, isn't it? Like you're going to somewhere you don't feel as if you know anybody. Did you know any yeah. of the players at all? Had you came across any of the guys? I played I played a lot of the boys, or oh, well, some of the boys just off age grade stuff, like 20s and stuff like yeah, that. Um, yeah. I played Xander and, and Matt. Was that in Manchester, the under-20s in Manchester? Yeah, I played yeah. those boys um, in Manchester, and I think I played Matt in Georgia the year after. I yeah. sat him down real good. Um, <laughs> Did you remind him <laughs> of that? <laughs> No, nah, I didn't sit down. It was good that year. Um, they actually beat us that year, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, the most nerve-wracking part of it all was just the distance from my family, um, yeah. most importantly. And then, of course, like not knowing anyone. I think before I get to know people, I'm very reserved. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really speak and I'm quite nervous and around people that I don't know. But I think, yeah, now the boys know me. They know I'm probably the opposite of that <laughs> when, um, when I get to know everyone. Yeah, and it's it's a. Uh, I mean, we say that to to most people who come. It's a very welcoming place, especially Glasgow, especially Scotland. And that summer camp, that summer tour, although frustrating that you didn't get the the fixtures played due to COVID, as you say, it was really worthwhile and beneficial to to meet some friendly faces, to get up and running. So when the, the Glasgow season did start, you almost had a head start a little bit, and you know, off with a bang. What were your first impressions of the of the Glasgow squad when you when you got in? Yeah, it was good. I, like like you said, just because I had known some of the boys from the summer tour. But then when I finally got to Glasgow, I think compared to Scotland camp, it's probably like um, a bit more relaxed environment. You know what I mean? Like club environment with heaps of different personalities and stuff like that. But I loved it for, straight off the bat. Eh? And um, I got along with pretty much all the boys. And I think also with the help of like, um, I had like Sam Johnson, who had kind of done the same type of thing that yeah. I did before me you know yeah, yeah. but I kind of saw what, how he integrated and obviously how he's done well over here and um helped me a lot to knowing that you know I had someone to look at where it's done things that I, I ultimately want to do for club and country that have yeah almost done it before me type thing I think I don't think a lot of people understand how difficult it is and it's great speaking to you just on a human level about the changes of distance from your family and all of that you have to perform right away and there's expectation you have to you know perform on the field and you certainly did that hit the ground running with the performances early at Glasgow. And then, you know, within a few months, really, the, the first, uh, your first cap comes along in November. I mean, that must just be a whirlwind. What are your vivid memories of your, your first cap at BT Murrayfield? Yeah, it was unbelievable, to be honest. Um, and for it to end up being against Tonga was just kind of like the stars aligning for me a yeah. little bit. And it meant so much to me and my family to, you know, to play for Scotland and represent my granny against the heritage of my father. Yeah. which meant so much to my family and meant so much to me, really. I thought, you know, leading up to the game, because everything happened so fast, like straight from Glasgow to camp and then the Tongan game's coming around and the week kind of flies by and then yeah. you're in the game type thing. It's not till really after you sit back and be like, well, like that just happened type thing. Yeah. And even Murrayfield, for it, like it's hard explaining to people back home about Murrayfield. Like you yeah. can't really do it justice. You've got to work. experience it, don't you? You've got to experience it. You've got to experience it. Even my old man was saying as well, like just to, you can't explain through words what the atmosphere is like at Murrayfield. And 
yeah, I just remember after being so grateful I had the opportunity um, to play in that game and then, yeah, and also just to be involved in the autumn, although I didn't play for the rest of the autumn, just to be around the big games that we had, you know, like when we played the Wallabies in South Africa and stuff like that, like the Atmos and even like the bus to the games and stuff like that. It's You feel so grateful to be a part of it. For me, the, the ones in the autumn, the, the studio game in the autumn was just utterly unique because it was the first full house since the, the last two years and all that happened and it was a real charge of atmosphere it was amazing but even how amazing that was it ramps up again doesn't it for for six nations it ramps up again for scotland versus england and you mentioned your dad there but he experienced it didn't he he managed to get over for the, the england test and uh, that must have been special for well, for you and for him yeah it was it was it was so special i think a couple of boys saw me and my old man after the game kind of give each other a hug it was just like where he had come from you know he was first generation come to australia and made a life for me and my brothers and sisters um and to think about you know especially early days there when you know he was obviously trying to um make ends meet and stuff like that to support us like to think about where we came from at that time to be hugging each other at murrayfield after we've just won the calcutta cup like you just sit back and just think like Wow, that's so good, isn't it? It's just a power of sport, the power of sport, and yeah, um, and it was your granny that was from Glasgow, wasn't it? Yeah, it's my granny. She's from Greening. Um, so yeah, I've, I've caught up with some of my family over here from my grandma's side, which has been real good, and they've reached out to me heaps, and mm. um, we've caught up a couple of times, and um, hopefully when all this the Six Nations stuff is over and we have a little bit more downtime, then I'll go be able to catch up with them more. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'll be proud of what you're doing anyway. Before we look ahead to France, take you back to. I suppose the contrast, or like we were talking about all the, the positives and the, the highs and the emotional highs and the, the professional highs, but in the first two weeks, again, as Six Nations, we've experienced both, you know, the, yeah. the high of England to, and then the, the disappointment of Wales. So if we go to the England game first, you came on the last quarter of the match and the game's, you know, it's certainly in the balance, you're chasing the game a little bit. What's your mindset like in that situation? I mean, you, you want to come on, you want to make a difference, but... There's some really crucial plays. I remember a carry off the back of a scrum in their own 22 where you made yards. I mean, is it thinking the moment or are you thinking how big the moment is or are you just thinking about executing what it is you're asked to do in, in such high pressure? Oh, I can't even, I can't really tell you what I was thinking when I, when I came <laughs> off. It's just like, Bilzi told me, Nons, you're on. And I was just kind of like rushing to get my tracksuit off and like, and my, my boots were like jamming on my tracksuit. And then when I finally got on, it was... It was sweet. And I think also playing outside of Finn and then yeah. I think Ali was on a bit before then Benny came on as well. Like, yeah. oh, it, it kind of calms your nerve a bit when yeah. you're playing outside people that have played at that level for a very long time. Yeah, but I remember the just key moments were where obviously when Finn did the double cross kick that ended yeah. up, you know, when we get that penalty try and then and then we go ahead, it's just kind of, oh, I was pretty cool. Last 20 minutes just to finish like that and win the Calcutta Cup, it was Unreal. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing experience. They are experiences that are amazing in the moment, but as time goes on, they just grow and grow and grow. And before we move on to Wales, interesting the the, the the scrum sequences at the end. I mean, you've got a massive role as a defensive leader in the midfield. Really tough defending a centre field scrum. What what was you know everybody's kind of focuses in the scrum, and as a spectator's point of view, but like in the midfield with some hot steppers against you, is it just small talk? Is it just communication between those either side? You're, trying to plan what's going to happen what was the emotion like then and then the scrum kept collapsing and we just had to keep going over and over and like then the scrum was moving chris kind of leads our our defense there's no hiding that i think everyone knows that even the public that watched that is such a defensive leader for us and he was just kept talking about if the scrum moved a little bit that way we'll send you over here and 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's ultimately what happened that the scrum kind of moved over a bit further. Chris actually sent me over to where Finn was and Chris kind of defended that side by himself and Darcy ended up making the crucial tackle and then Darcy got the, got the turnover. But yeah, I think in those moments, you just kind of back the prep that you've done throughout the week and the preview and mm-hmm. of what, they, what they're most likely going to run there. And then, yeah, back our system. I think Tans does such a good job with our defence and all the boys fully back it, you know, and I think yeah. that's what has, why it's been such a strength for us, you know, over the last couple of years because all the boys believe in it and we're kind of all in in terms of our defence. Yeah, it is good. It's a, sometimes I think people would be surprised at how many times you you see the same thing over and over again. You're right, every reset's kind of like, he's your man, I'm second man. If this yeah. happens, that happens. 10 seconds later, you see the same thing and then you, yeah. you you have to keep confirming the whole thing and just ruling the moment. It's a sign of, I suppose, it's a difference of being in the moment and watching it as a supporter. It's just that repetition, repetition that you planned for. So, And then the, the, the week after started against, against Wales, away from home, Cardiff got off to a, a pretty flying start in terms of the the opening few minutes, but then fell behind, got ahead, and just a real frustrating, real change of emotion from the week before to, to coming off the field against Cardiff. Do you feel like you've experienced the, the full range or the highest of highs and then the really frustration yeah. of, of, uh, of just not delivering the performance that the team wanted to in Cardiff? Yeah, I think that's a perfect way of explaining it. Like, you go from beating England, which I'm... I suppose for every Scot, it's just kind of like the highest of highs type of thing. And then you move on to move on to Wales. And, and yeah, and I remember being in the change room after it and Gregor spoke and, and Hoggy spoke and I could, obviously all the boys were super down about it. And you're right, it's just like polar opposite sides of, you know, and I think that's what Six Nations is type of thing, you yeah. know, like week to week, especially, you know, like you're playing five of the best teams in the world. Um, and week to week, there's these, you know, whether you win or lose, there's contrasting feelings. Also, the scrutiny over everything that happens in the game, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. which is that new to you? It is a bit, yeah. And that's yeah. what I was telling my old man. I was just like, compared to back home, like, I think mean, I think that's what makes the game over here so big as well, is because the fans and mm-hmm. I don't know the pundits or the commentators or whatever, they're so invested in what happens and like the outcomes of the games that everything is so scrutinized, you know, like, and I was telling my old man, like you make a mistake here or, you know, one week you're the hero. And then, then mm-hmm. the next week, maybe, you know, you're on the other side of it and you've got to, I suppose, cop the criticism, you know, mm-hmm. and I suppose that's all part of the six nation. It's, it's, yeah. you, you're, you're bang on to you on it. It's so important to value your own performance and the team's performance and, and value the, the team's assessment of performance. It, it does polarise opinion. It's super intense. The the nature of the game's thick and fast, as you say, against top quality opposition. Just come and you can't determine everything and you can use yeah. it, but you have to look ahead at some point. So so on that note, you've obviously been in training this week, preparing for, for the game on Saturday, another huge task. I mean, you, you've seen France over the last few years. You've played against a lot of the players. They're, they're a super hot outfit, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I think at the moment... Um, you'd have to say they're probably one of the form teams in the world. Um, yeah. And obviously they had their success against the All Blacks before the Six Nations. And then they started the Six Nations, obviously um, two wins from two, playing pretty exciting brand of brand of rugby. But in saying that, I think we're confident as well with what we've got. Um, we had a brilliant last week against, um, against Wales, but we're also confident of, you know, what the boys have done over the last couple of years against yeah. France. Um, obviously yeah. I wasn't part of that or... And I've only watched those games. But, you know, there's boys in our team that have, you know, beaten France n- numerous amount of times. 
So we've got to take confidence from that, but also, you know, respect our opponent in terms of they're a good outfit with a lot of talented players. And I, I remember we're playing, I could play La Rochelle twice this year for Glasgow. Yeah. And they're just a very different challenge to what maybe a, a Leinster or a, uh, an Exeter are. And I think that's the challenge we just have to meet front on this this weekend if we want to come away with the victories, you know, that part of the game that's physicality and, you know, the stuff that they pride themselves on, we're going to meet them front on with that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, I mean, they, they are just huge men. I know it's so easy to say that, but they are so good and technically as well. So they've got that together. Just jumping back to what we said about the Manchester under-20s tournament. Did you play against France? And that too, I don't, I'm not sure if you did or not because a lot of the players then I remember watching your Duponts and yeah they were there. Did, did you come across them? I don't think in my 20s career I ever played France. Right. Um, so yeah. would this be the first? This is the first hit out then. This, yeah, this would be the first test I ever have, have against France. Yeah, I never played them at Italy, Manchester, or Georgia. We oh, always Georgia. had separate pools. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. It's a, a brilliant experience because France, for all their their, their brilliance and the physicality, they do like to play as well, and I think quite often it suits Scotland because there's more room to play. They quite often cover the backfield because they like to counter-attack. Therefore, there's maybe a bit more space in the front field. So we hope it goes well. We know you'll be uh, we'll be up for it and you'll, you'll be meeting the challenge physically and emotionally. But uh, it's an exciting one. And the support, again, at BT Murrayfield, that'll, that'll give that extra boost, that extra bounce and step on it on Saturday. 100%. I'm looking forward to it. Brilliant. Well, we wish you well. Listen, thanks. Obviously, in Test Week for, for joining us, it's great to uh, to get to know you a bit better and for the listeners to, to know your story and to know how passionate and how emotional almost you are around playing for Scotland. And we, um, we're loving what we've seen in the field and uh, we'll look forward to more on, on Saturday. Good luck. Thanks, Mozzie. Thanks, Yoni. Thank you once again for listening. Good luck to all the teams uh, performing this weekend. We'll be back next week to pick the bones through the games against France and, of course, the game against Colombia. Yeah.